0: All right, so the Yankees take two out of three from the San Diego Padres in a pretty impressive series. Um, I know the Padres are underachieving this year, but they have a, regardless of you know the numbers uh, on paper, they're ex- they're a tough line. I mean, they're expected to, I-, I think, turn it around. I mean, they've got a ton of talent. So the Yankees take two of three, and we'll talk about it here, episode five twenty-eight of the podcast. Recording this a little late. Uh, The Yankee game is about to start in 10 minutes, so let me just flip to Yes Network here. Um, But we'll have this out soon, either tonight uh, or tomorrow morning. Uh, Tonight, again, is Monday, May 29th. So, hopefully we can get this episode out now. Um, So, let's talk about it. Episode 528, the Yankees take two out of three at home against the Padres before going to Seattle. Uh, going to the West Coast to take on a few teams out West. So let's talk Yankees, Padres, coming up, episode 528. Welcome to BD4, an R.J. Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, Also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. champion of
1: the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is live! Time!
0: Tentacree creates. And showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right. Man, I'm watching this um, Boston Miami series, this Boston Miami NBA playoff series going on right now. It's hard because as a Knicks fan, we hate both franchises. I mean, there's no two franchises the Knicks hate. The Knicks fans hate more than these two. Um, I don't like I don't know who, to root for, who who to root against I guess I should say um but like I I am I was so happy watching game 6 which was absurd absurd um just watching the Miami fans uh melt down watching the Miami Heat melt down it, it just felt good it felt so good seeing those losers just sulk um and then, like, I sat in it for a few days, and it, it bothered me that, like, Boston fans were getting all hype. So, I each, I go through these emotions, like, I hate these scumbag organizations, these scumbag fan bases, too, so much, to a, to such a, a large degree, that I, I find myself having a difficult time rooting for one, or against one. Uh, but tonight's Game 7, it's going on right now, and, and so far at halftime, Miami has the edge, but... It's a pretty close game, Um, but we're talking Yankees in this one, episode 528 of the podcast. The Yankees win, and they take two out of three from the San Diego Padres, Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about it, man. Uh, First off, we did miss uh, the last episode. We did not cover the Baltimore Orioles series. I've been working. I was a little busy, got tired, couldn't come around to record, couldn't find time. Uh, but last series tip of the caps went out to Nestor Cortez, Glaber Torres, and Michael King. Um, if you care about that. Uh, but let's talk about this one. Let's get right into it, not not gonna waste any time. We'll recap these games. We'll hit a few talking points that uh, you know maybe some I wanted to bring up last episode that we couldn't get to or or the episode that we never put out. So we'll talk about a few things. And let's get to game one as soon as we get back from this break. We'll be right there, and we'll start talking about this series.
1: We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show.
0: Alright, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 528 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. And right now we're smack in the midst, or at least one-third of the way through of the Yankees season. So let's talk. The first game of this series, um, the Yankees lose 5-1. to one. It was uh, one of the Yankees' prospects, uh, Randy Vasquez, on the mound going up against Joe Musgrove, who has had himself a down year. Uh, But I listened to this entire game on the radio Friday night because I was working. Uh, So if I miss important parts of the game or some specific details and only touch on the run scoring in this recap here, that's why. Uh, But there was... No score up until the top of the 5th and the 6th when Soto and Tatis went deep to make it 4-zip. Randy Vasquez ended up going two outs into the 5th inning for the Yankees. Um, He was good. I I guess again, I I wouldn't know how he looked physically. um, But I heard that his stuff played well. Um, It seemed like it was enough to get the job done. I was listening to the game. And uh, Sterling and and Waldman, or not Sterling, it was Waldman and um, the dude filling in Shackle. Like what they saw. Uh, But then Musgrove shut the Yankees down for six and a third. Uh, The Yankees got their lone run in this game on a shitty ground out. I think it was off the bat of Anthony Rizzo. Uh, You had the chirping between Tatis and Yankees fans, I heard. Yankees fan calling him a cheater, which he is. There's no lie detected there. He answered back. Played around with them a little bit. You know, I like those things. I think it's fun back and forth between the fans and, and uh, opposing players. You know, I've, I'm, I've sat in the bleacher seats plenty of times in my life and have been in playoff games against the Astros. And back when Marvin Gonzalez was with Houston, <laughs> I remember Yankees fans giving him hell. Like chanting his mother's name. like <laughs> Finding shit out. Um it's funny because he was—he ended up being a Yankee, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I always like that stuff. You know, you had the Miles Straw shit going on—that was a little more, you know, into it. But it's always fun. Um, this was the Apple TV game, so I'm kind of glad that I missed it. Um, I don't like their announcers, although I like the camera angles and I like the futuristic look of the broadcast. I will give them that. But that's really all we need to touch on for Friday night's game. Uh, the Yankees lose 5-1. to one. Again, Vasquez seemed to look decent. That's the positive takeaway. Not bad for a Major League debut. Um, the fastball I hear played. Uh, the curveball I hear is his pitch. And, I, and yeah, many people will tell you it's, it's the best curveball in the Yankee system. Uh, in this game, he was getting a ton of chases on it with two strikes. Uh, so he just had the big mistake to Soto. I think he fed Soto a change up the first time around, got him to K, and then the next time up, Soto saw the same pitch and he took advantage of it and launched it into the sun. Uh, but that was game one. The Yankees lose. Um, the second game of the series, the Yankees would win this one 3 to 2 in 10 innings. This one went to extras, um, which extra innings doesn't have the same juice. That it used to. I'm going to put that out there right now. Ever since the fake Rob Manfred rules. Um, but this was Severino versus Michael Waka. Uh DJ LeMayhew doubled in the first inning. For the one nothing Yankee lead. Then you had Tatis going deep again. In the fourth inning, excuse me. To tie the game. Um, you know. Shit never works when Yankees... Fans taunt a player. It, it just feels like that with the whole Altuve shit that went down. Um, Correa. I mean, it, it never, it always feels like it comes back to bite us. But the Padres take the lead in the seventh inning. Sevy walks Cruz. Glaber <sighs> makes a terrible error. No other way to put it. Um, and that was it for Severino. He was pulled after that. Kind of had that moment before the error. Boone comes out. Severino's like, I'm good. Kind of a Messina moment, but you know, to a lesser extent. Uh, but yeah, he walks Nelson Cruz. Glaber makes a terrible error, which cannot happen. And it happens too often with him. These mental lapses. Um, he's pulled. And then the base hit off of Michael King scores that runner. Makes it 2-1. to one. Um, But DJ LeMayu answers back. With an extra base hit in the bottom of the 7th. Um, this one goes deep. It leaves the yard. For a second extra base hit of the game. Um, so with the home run that tied the game at 2. And then you had Peralta and Holmes do a nice job. In the ninth and 10th. And then uh, Isaiah Connor falefa comes through with. The walk-off base hit down the uh, third baseline to score the fake base runner from third base. And the Yankees win. Uh, they win 3-2. to two. Um, So that was the second game of the set. We'll talk more on Severino later when we hand out our tip of the caps. Um, and the third game... <laughs> what the fuck did I just do? There um, so we go. The third game of the series... Um, the Yankees win ten to seven. You had Garrett Cole going toe to toe with Yu Darvish. A lot of us expected a pitcher's duel. Yu <laughs> um, Darvish has had a great career. He's had a great year. Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. It ended up being a slugfest. Uh, and pretty soon. Top of the first inning. Gary Cole's home run problems continued. With the uh, Cronenworth shot. Uh, home run. But Aaron Judge answers back to tie things in the bottom of the first. With a home run of his own. Number 15 on the year. Um, top of the second. Jeez. Tonight's lineup is garbage. Um, top of the second. You have the inexcusable double error play where Harrison Bader overthrows home. He's got to stop doing that. Uh, and then Kyle Higashioka overthrows third base. Don't know what that was. So the runner scores there from second. Um, two score on the play. It makes it 3-1 to one Padres. Uh, it was just garbage, garbage baseball play. Uh, an excellent job by Ace Garrett Cole backing up home plate there also. Um Yes, that's sarcasm. Uh, but then the Yankee bats erupted on you, Darvish, in the third inning. And you loved it because this one, this inning, the way the Yankees scored, it came on actual hits, uh, singles and doubles, and they were all laser hard hit balls, too. Volpe singled in a run. Um, Judge singled one in to tie the game. Rizzo singled in another after that to give the Yankees a 4-3 to lead. DJ LeMayu hits one, gets robbed of a homer, but then Bader beats out the double play to allow another runner to score. It's 5 3 Yankees. Calhoun had the line drive double to the other to the uh opposite field gap six to three. Uh and then Darvish ends his day after getting just two outs into the third inning, goes two and two thirds. Uh and then his seventh run scored when IKF singled. That was on Darvish's line, makes it seven to three, and then Higashioka made it eight to three. With his first of two doubles on the night and three hits, uh, this one came off the top of the wall. Uh, so there goes your pitchers duel right there in the third inning. Um, Rizzo leaves the game in the sixth inning after the pickoff on Tatis uh, ends up being a neck issue. He ended up being okay. The Yankees, you know, are sitting him tonight, but that's you know just precautionary. Um I don't know why they had to see Volpe tonight. Uh, but I think he's good. Uh, and if I look up at the screen, this is if you're watching the YouTube format of the podcast, the video. It's because I'm watching the Yankees play the Mariners right now. Um, but yeah, 8-3. to three. I mean, thought that was a comfortable enough lead. But the Yankee ace has not been a Yankee, a Yankee ace this month. Uh, Cole gives up another bomb. This time a two-run shot to Odor in the seventh inning makes it 8-5. to five. Um Cole gets pulled after that for Jimmy Cordero and that's where another run comes across on a fielder's choice to Glaber during that rundown and it's 8 to 6 all of a sudden. Um the Yankees though they they you know fortunately have the offense working. So they made it 9 and 10 runs in the 8th when Bader went deep and then Higashioka picked up his third hit um on a base hit there to score a run. 10 to 6. Um Holmes came in for the ninth inning. Um and he did clay Holmes things because the Yankees keep trying to force his way back into the ninth inning role for some reason. Um you know, but after he walked two batters, allowed a run and threw twenty pitches, twelve balls, he got the outs to secure the win. Um I don't understand why they keep trying to force him back to that role. But the Yankees win ten to seven and they make it two out of three. Um, You know, we're going to talk about some things. And one of the things I want to talk about is Anthony Volpe. We were supposed to have this conversation after the Baltimore series. But since we did not record, after that series, we'll talk about it here as soon as we get back from break. So we'll talk Anthony Volpe when we return coming up here on BD4. Stay with us.
1: You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook, and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it.
0: Welcome back to the show, episode 528 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And um, you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and index analysis. We also do MMA. First off, let me say that I'm, I am I'm not bringing this up just because everybody else has been bringing it up lately. Um, I'm bringing it up because at the start of the season, I said here on the show that Anthony Volpe is going to get a couple of months to show something. Like I give him a two-month leeway. I believe that's what I said. I believe I said if he isn't hitting, I said if he isn't hitting by mid-May or until June, maybe send him back down for development. Well, it's May 28th, and Volpe on the year. Let me see if I can pull up his numbers here. Just give me two seconds. It's May 28th. May 29th. It's May 29th. So it's Monday, May 29th. And Anthony Volpe on the season is batting 198 with a 633 OPS. First off, the good things you like, he has shown an ability to work an at-bat and draw a walk at times. Right? He can do that. He's flashed that a a bit. Um, he does make hard contact, and that's a positive for a young player. Like all the analytics exit velo, hard hit percentage, barrel percentage they're all good, and they've been trending upwards of late. And the eye test shows you that. You can see he's hitting it hard. Um, he has great speed. We know that. He's an excellent base runner. Those are two different things. Um, you know, timing helps him on the bases as well as his speed. Uh, he's flashed some brilliance at shortstop, despite the inconsistency there. Um, He's shown some talent there. And, you know, so... There are good things about him. There are good things he's done this year. He's also shown some power at the plate. I'll I'll give him that. Some doubles, some triples, and he's got RBIs, seven home runs. That's good. But I was listening to Talking Yanks, and I heard the clip that went viral... Um, it's something I've said when it comes to struggling young players on the New York Yankees. I, 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 I've I've said the same exact thing in the past that it's different when you're on the Yankees, like like they said in the show. If this was the Baltimore Orioles of last year, right? You're coming off 110 losses as DJ LeMayu just misses a home run. Um, Knicks go down. Not one, two, three. They put a runner on second. Um, But if this was a team who wasn't playing for anything, yeah, given the entire year, obviously. But if we're trying to win a division and eventually a championship, right? I understand the... I understand why people might want him to be sent back down for development. Like, it shouldn't be something that you say and then you get stones thrown at you. Because right now, the Yankee pitching has ranked 6th overall in the R.A. But their bats are, you know, more middle of the pack. Right? Runs, OPS, batting average. Like, they're not great in either of those categories. So, So, if they weren't a team trying to contend... Yeah, I would say, let him ride it out. Use those at-bats for development. Let him experience the ups and downs of the big leagues. But there might come a time where we can't afford that. Where we need production. You know, and the kid hasn't produced in a full two months of baseball right now. At some point, say that becomes three months... And the Yankees start to lose games and their offense continues to look lackluster. We're gonna have to start looking for better options. We're gonna have to do something and find options that help us right now. Right? Like I don't like I'm not trying to make this about one kid when it should be about the Yankees. Demoting Volpe to Scranton wouldn't just be about his development to me, but it's about the Yankee offense. That's what the decision would be. Like, I don't think it's about individuals, and you shouldn't think it should be about that either. You should be thinking about the Yankees winning games, and that's all. How can I improve this lineup? Oh, erasing what's not working and trying something different. Staying content and being hell-bent and stubborn has hurt this team time and time again. We've seen it before. So, if it continues, I, I, like, I, like I'll put it this way. Uh, I'll put it this way. I don't think Volpe will be demoted. In fact, he probably won't. It doesn't seem like the Yankee thing to do. And honestly, i love for him to stay here and start hitting. Like, I'm not begging for him to be demoted at all. But, in, in alternate reality, okay? A different universe. If he was sent back down. I would probably be like, yeah, I mean, I get it. The guy wasn't cutting it offensively on a team that needs more offense. And he started to struggle on the other end too. I understand. That would be what I would say. That's my reaction. That's probably what I would take away from it. Is, yeah, it's tough, but I understand. If it were to happen. I I think that's probably the best thing I could put. The best way I can put it. Um... So, yeah, there are a lot of things you will like, but there are things I don't like. Like, I don't love the way his swing looks. It seems like it's a pretty long swing. There's too, uh, too big of an uppercut to it sometimes. And sometimes he gets caught leaning on his back foot too much. Not a lot of balls are being hit to right field. There's a lot of dribblers, um, a lot of whiffs, a lot of Ks. You know, he's striking out a ton. He's not hitting any off speed pitches. His best pitch to hit has been the fastball, which any big leaguer can hit. And you know, it's hard because you're looking at the Yankee farm, you're looking down low and you're seeing Peraza, who is raking down in triple A Scranton. Peraza's guy who came up last year. Hit over 300 for a month, and the Yankees sent him back down after a tough spring training. But what did he do? He didn't sulk. He used that as an opportunity to improve, and he's currently, again, raking down there. Peraza with Scranton is batting over 333 with a 972 OPS as of yesterday, six homers, 16 RBIs, and 19 games played. So it's okay to send a guy down. Um, again, I don't think he's going to be demoted, but the way I would put it is if he were in an alternate universe, I would understand. Um, I, people say, give the kid a chance, let him struggle. I get it. But remember, this is the Yankees when we're trying to play for something and we're trying to make it about a team and not one guy. So you got to think about the team first. That's the way I put it. Um, but this can lead into what happened. I want to say I don't want to say it could lead into what happens when Donaldson returns because again I don't think Volpe's going anywhere. Um, but let's talk about Josh Donaldson because he's on the mend. Hey I man, Stanton, but it seems like Donaldson's going to come back, and it seems like for what the Yankees are saying, he's unfortunately going to be playing every day. So we'll talk about Josh Donaldson when we return for breaks. Stay with us. Be right back here on BD Four.
1: If you have time in the day, or maybe just prefer old fashioned reading over listening then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much, and let's keep on with the show.
0: Welcome back to the show here. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Episode 528 of the podcast. Josh Donaldson is coming back. Um, And it's probably going to come down to three guys, I would say, who get the uh, demotion when Donaldson returns. Uh, It's probably going to come down to Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Even Oswaldo Cabrera. Oswaldo has been getting damn near every day every day at bats, everyday reps, and he's kind of struggled. He's kind of struggled. He's really struggled to find anything. On the season, he's batting two oh one. He's got a five fifty five OPS. Um and a fifty four OPS plus, which is terrible. That's almost that the fifty four OPS plus is League average is 100, so that means he's 46% worse than league average. Um, One second here. Fucking people hit me up about the Miami game. Um, I lost my track. Oh, Oswaldo. Uh, but yeah, maybe you tell him to go down to Scranton for a little while when Josh Donaldson returns. Rediscover that swing that you know, helped the Yankees out so much towards the end of last year. Because I like him, man. I like the kid. And I, this was he was one of my breakout picks this year, too. I was hoping he would have a 20 home run year, maybe bat around 250. Not been the case. Um, he's got five stolen bases. I don't know. Six doubles, three homers. It's not, you know, he's had moments, but that's about it. Very few moments too. So he's an option to go down. Uh, Jake Bowers has not been given, given the Yankees anything. Uh, One seventy four average, a six oh four OPS, and a sixty eight OPS plus. I think we all wanted him to be who the Yankees kept saying they thought he was. Um, base hit for Bader. But the guy just can't do it. He can't hit. He can't play the outfield. No thanks. Uh, so he may be the one to go down. Uh, Willie Calhoun actually may have hit enough to keep his spot at least for a tad bit longer. Because he's been hitting. You look at the numbers. He's been decent. For a guy who's not expected to do much. 242 with the average. A 705 OPS. And a 95 OPS plus. So he's been pretty good. Good, he's got five multi-hit games. His OPS in the month of May is well over eight hundred. And he's a lefty bat, uh, a lefty bat. You know the Yankees like that, lefty bat with, with with maybe a little bit of pop. Bader tries to steal second. They overthrow into the outfield. Then he's on third, first and third. No, outs. oh, no, I'm sorry, man on third. Bader's on third. No outs. That's good. Um, so I think Calhoun's here for a little bit longer. I didn't think he would make it to June, but here we are. Uh, he's got. A, he's, he's been pretty decent. Uh, I will say though, w- with Donaldson, because let's be real, nobody wants him back. Um, if I'm the GM of the Yankees, I give this guy two weeks maximum. Two weeks. He gets half of the month of June before I call it quits on him and eat the contract. And promote Oswald Peraza. That's what I do. Because I'm tired of seeing this guy go out there. And wave at pitches. And you know. Bat flip. Pop ups and doubles. Like I'm tired of seeing him out there. He's old. He's washed. Like yes. We've discussed plenty of times. As Bowers. As I rip him a few minutes ago. Comes through with the big double. Um. Um. To score Bader. Yes, we've talked about the risk of running a bunch of rookies out there at the same time. You know, it's very risky. But would you rather a washed-up Josh Donaldson struggle with no ceiling left or a young player with a pretty solid upside? i probably choose the latter. And if you do that route, that's that's an infield that has some potential. You got Peraza at third base, Volpe at shortstop, Glaber Torres at second base, and Rizzo at first base. So Josh Donaldson comes back, and he's getting, for me, two two weeks tops. The Yankees can't be stubborn again with him. They can't stick it out and wait and wait and try to find excuses. They got to make something happen. And unfortunately, as much as I can't stand this guy anymore either, if Josh Tunnelson doesn't perform, I don't even feel like Peraza is going to be the guy they look at. It might be giving more everyday at-bats to IKF if Stanton comes back. I have a feeling IKF, with the way he's hit lately, is probably finding himself into more of an everyday role again, which is unfortunate because I can't stand the guy. Um, But let's talk a little more about this series. Uh, we'll hand out our tip of the caps, a couple of them, when we uh, a couple of them when we return from break. Stay with us here on BD4. We'll be right back. Tip of the caps coming up in episode 528 here of the podcast. Stay with us. Be right there.
1: Studio 69 Productions is a production company that allows content creators of all genres to market their podcast or whatever project they're working on. It's an online platform that will promote your content no problem. All you have to do is get in touch with film director and podcast producer Leo Rodriguez from Say No More Podcast, and you're good to go. You can find him on Instagram at Studio69NJ, Studio69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born.
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 528 of the podcast. So, let's get right into our tip of the caps. We're going to start off with uh, the bullpen. We'll start off with the bullpen, and I'm going to give Wandy Peralta a tip of the cap this series. Haven't given a ton to Wandy this year, but he had a good series. He pitched in the middle game. An inning in a third, no runs, no Ks, one walk, a hit, just a single. 25 pitches, 16 were strikes. And with that uh, solid outing on the year, he's got an ERA now down to 245 in 22 innings. He stays consistent and he keeps doing his job. He came in during the 8th inning on Saturday. It was a 2-2 to game. There was a man on first. He lets up a single to put first and second. But then he gets the ground out after winning an 8-pitch battle to Brandon Dixon. Um, And then he goes back out there in the ninth inning. Records a ground out. Walks a batter. And then picks that batter off trying to take second base. And then retires Kim with his changeup. His changeup has been working well. Um so Wandy Peralta continues to have a strong year and he gets my tip of the cap. Luis. Luis Severino also gets my tip of the cap. He had a good series. He had a good start, I should say, on um, in the middle game. Six and two thirds innings for Seve on Saturday. Two runs, one earned run, one hit, three walks, and five strikeouts. I love the one hit. Uh, Three walks is unfortunate, but I thought he looked great once again in his second start back. Uh, He was 50% fastball, 25% slider about, and 23% changeup. So he mixed it up very well with the secondary pitches. He was slider heavy to lefties, changeup heavy to righties, so he was going inside on that San Diego Padre lineup. The changeup played well, generated a ton of swing and misses on it. As did the slider and the fastball, for that matter. Um, again, Glaber Torres completely ruined his outing uh, when it could have been seven strong, but you know he's still on the pitch count right now. So, um, he was good, and I'm hoping next time out is the one where the Yankees finally let Sebby loose and have him over 100 pitches. I think he was at 80 or something like that in this game but yeah he's obviously key his health is key because this rotation needs Luis Severino right now with everything that's going on uh, and what I mean what I mean by that is uh, Garrett Cole uh, you know we'll touch on him. are we concerned about Garrett Cole I wouldn't say I'm too concerned yet um but it's been real bad for him it, it's been bad you know old problems are resurfacing for Garrett Cole um. As as Waldo grounds out to end the inning, because of course he does. Um, In his last five starts, Garrett Cole has a 5.67 ERA, a 1.56 whip, 27 innings, 27 strikeouts, and 8 home runs allowed. 8 home runs in five starts is horrendous. The home run ball is back, and... Uh, he just gives up home runs, man. And one of the trends is that a lot of these pitches that have been hit for home runs are left up in the zone or middle-middle. Uh, in this game, he you know, he left the fastball to Cronenworth, middle-middle, and then he left a cement mixer cutter to Odor in the 8th inning, middle-in. Uh, but yeah, it's mainly been the fastball that's been getting crushed all month with the home run ball. I, I've I've just suck him to the fact that maybe he's not that good in the regular season, and he just turns it up to another level in October ball, which I'm fine with as I've said multiple times. But I did hear a much better, much more sophisticated theory lately that I think I might buy. Um, with everything that's been going on lately in baseball, again with the um. With the substance ban. And especially going on with the Yankees. With Domingo two times. Clark Schmidt getting checked for it. IKF. But with everything that's been going on with that again. I wonder if Cole is completely going away from using anything. Even rosin. You know like. I I think he's paranoid. Like maybe he was using something. Because maybe oh the MLB got a little loose with it. And they let their guard down. Um, maybe he just like stopped using the rosin at all. You know, he's just not using anything. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it's been. I think that's a good theory. I heard it and I was like, you know what? That, that's not a terrible theory. Um, and I will say, I also saw this that, which was a good point. He has pitched to Kyle Higashioka quite a bit recently with the Trevino injury. And those two have never, for whatever reason, never got on the same pitch. They're never on the same pitch. Um, which is why you need to pay, play Big Ben Roanfed more. Please, I'm tired of Higashioka. Uh, I don't care that he's hit lately. Um, but, you know, to end this, I will say I'm not... Okay, maybe I'm slightly concerned. Slightly. Just because we have seen Garrett Cole... We saw him last year have a very, very down year with the three-and-a-half ERA and in, 30-something in home runs. For, you know, the contract he's getting, that's not great at all. Um, so it's in the back of your head. You don't want that to happen again. I will say, though, the Yankees do continue to do more of what I asked coming into the season. They are winning on days that Garrett Cole pitches. <laughs> Excuse me. They are taking advantage of those games. Cole is 6-0 and personally, but the Yankees are now 10-2 and in his dozen starts. My ask at the start of the season was to try to get that win percentage to 700 when Cole tosses. 10-2 and I believe is 830-something, 833. That's 833 ball. So they are taking care of business regardless of his struggles, which is a good thing because at the end of the day... We want Garrett Cole to pitch well because we want to win those games. So, that's that there. Um, Overall, though, yeah, man, there's there's a good, better vibe with this Yankees team currently. Um, It's not a great vibe, but it's not a terrible vibe. It's more of a... I hate that word, too. It's more of a good, solid energy. It feels steady. It has pretty much all year. Um, right now, the Yankees are thirty-two and twenty-three. That's five eighty-two. Um, but remember, they started the year fifteen and fifteen in their first thirty games. In their last twenty-five games, now since then, they're seventeen and eight. It's very good. So we are a third of the way through here. And the Yankees once again stand in third place at 32-23 and 23 overall. Six and a half back from first place Tampa. And two and a half back from second place Baltimore. I'm not too confident in the division. At least not as much as I was a few series back. But I haven't totally counted it out yet. However, I still think we can definitely overtake Baltimore for sure. As young, hungry, and as, as close to elite as they are right now, I think the Yankees can still take them. Um, And it's the bats that have definitely been better for a little bit now. The Yankee bats have hit, and that's a plus. The Yankees are averaging 5.7 runs per game in their last 21 contests. They had a terrible three-game slump recently, you know, the Baltimore series and the first game of the San Diego series. But in 14 of those 21 games where they've been averaging a bunch of runs, they've scored at least six runs. So that's a positive. Um, I think with Giancarlo Stanton back, God forbid he stays, you know, please stay healthy. Uh, I think with Stanton back, I expect this lineup to be streaky and annoying. Yes, they'll continue to do that. That's who they are. But also, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked to see them top five in offense again. Uh, they currently sit 11th in runs, fourth in home runs, 17th in OPS, which that mainly comes mainly comes from their low on base percentage because their batting average is more ass than it usually is. Um, but I'm a believer in things usually. Like I'm a believer in things working themselves out, good or bad. I believe that law of averages usually takes effect. And think at the end of the day, the Yankee Bats will be productive in the regular season. Um, and Aaron Judge is one of the Yankee Bats that's been productive. <laughs> God has he been productive. Aaron Judge gets my tip of the cap for this series. Um, Yeah, four hits and 12 at bats. That's 333 and a double, a home run, two RBIs, three runs scored, eight total bases, six Ks, and a 1,000 OPS this series. On the year, Aaron Judge now, 291 average, 398 OBP, 633 slugging, which gives him a 1031 OPS, 9 doubles, 15 homers, 35 RBIs. He's having himself a season. What else is there to say? Uh, He's been so great, and I think I read somewhere he's on pace for 51 home runs right now. (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked, man. He's making another run at MVP. Obviously, it's going to be tough. Uh, but the, the guy is on one. And so long as he's healthy, knock on wood, he's going to keep doing his thing. That's Judge's fourth tip of the cap this year. Um, that's Severino's second and second and two outings. That's awesome. And it's Wandy Peralta's Peralta's, uh, I don't know, second. But yes, that's it. That's all we've got. We're going to end it here. I'm going to watch this Yankees-Mariners game where they're about to give up the lead. And um, we'll have this episode dropped by tomorrow morning, the 30th, the very latest. So I appreciate you stopping by. We'll head to our final break, get back and wrap this up with our trivia question. Let's get to it. Alright, so for this episode, episode 528 of the podcast, true or false? True or false, the 1996 Yankees were one of the three teams to break the 1961 Yankees record for most home runs hit in a single season. Is that true or false? The 1996 Yankees were one of the three teams to break the 1961 Yankees record for most home runs hit in a single season. Alright, so one final time, true or false, the 1996 Yankees were one of three teams to break the 1961 Yankees record for most home runs hit in a single season. That's it. I appreciate you stopping by, everybody. Episode 528 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ. I'll see you in 529. That's for this one. I'm out. I appreciate it. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.
1: Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, Download these episodes and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five-star podcast simply because of you. And we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go Yankees and go Knicks.